Welcome back to the podcast. This is Jeff Bucknam, and I have the privilege of introducing the podcast today for the second time because Tommy Crates, our fearless host, is on location in Israel. And his on-locationing in Israel has meant that he has uh, been able to spend quite a bit of time with some of the folks over there in, in uh, the Middle East. And he, he brings us a report now from Tiberius. Yes. Tommy, you um, there? Yep. I'm here. I'm here on location. I also, uh, I, I, for those who are watching the video of this, and uh, I have my conversations with Jeff Bucknam t-shirt that I've uh, brought with me to Israel. So now officially our podcast is global. Inter- yeah, it's international, you know. <laughs> it's in many many yeah, many people different are, people are looking at the zones. at the t-shirt and thinking to themselves, how do I get myself one of those t-shirts? And you're yep. like, well, you got to become a listener first. Yep, and then uh we actually don't know how you get one <laughs> no, <I'm not> <laughs> from there. how are you tommy are you enjoying your time i am good i am i am i am enjoying my time immensely it's been fantastic okay last time we talked a little bit about uh about the fun of seeing all the things that you saw with uh you know because jesus walked there but this time this time i I just want to know a little bit about the modern culture of israel what you've enjoyed eating what kinds of things yes. you've been doing that you yep. thought were fun or not fun? How, how's the travel been? Do you like riding in the yeah. cars there? Hit me. Hit me with something. All right. So first off, we'll start with how it all started, which was a giant plane ride getting over here and what that did to us. Um, it was long, but not as long as I thought it would be, you know? So, but the jet lag is a real thing. Um, Thank you, Tommy. It's very much... Yeah, it's a, it's a real thing. So like, Tommy, is this your first uh, foray internationally? It is. Oh, yeah, wow. this is the first time that I've ever experienced jet lag. Okay. Um, I have woken up at crazy hours, one in the morning, three in the morning, just wide awake. <laughs> like yeah. I'm, my body's like, no, this is the time that you get up. And so, uh, yeah, that's been interesting. The travel in Israel has been awesome and exciting, and boy. Uh, do they love the breaks? Can I just say that they, uh, they, the the whole country so far is they have a lot of roundabouts. Yeah. Which, um, if you don't know what that is, praise the Lord for you, um, because they they're very interesting, um, and cars will drive full speed at the roundabout no matter what's happening in the roundabout and they'll either just slam on their brakes. I don't know how anyone knows. I'm not sure they do know. Whether whether or not. We've done it so many times that it's like they know, you know. They know whether someone is coming through the roundabout or going straight. Right. um, And they're able to stop on a, on a dime. They really press the brakes. If you were going to be there longer, we would, we would get you on location in a car going through a roundabout. But yes. uh, I'm, I'm typically on the in the front seat in the bus, you know, the huge window. So yeah. I am privy to it feels like uh, we're going to crash. So do you guys have like a little how, how do you how do you stick together? Do you guys have like uh, little hats? I brought this up before the little colorful we, hats. They can be helpful. Yeah. Sorry. I've got you. 
I've got you right here. We we have uh we have name tags, wow. colored name tags. So this is red, uh, which I'm on the red bus. Oh. And so this is how you know us. We also have these whisper devices. You know, when we go to the sites, it's like a little earpiece that the guide can talk and the teacher can talk into, so it's not super loud, distracting a bunch of other people. Um. So yeah, what's the food like? And so we know your favorite food. food. Have you is, had some falafel? I have had some falafel. Yeah, it's shawarma. It's good. Uh, no, no shawarma yet. Mm. I. I have had it's a lot of vegetables. Yeah, and I, you know, I hate to say I'm not much of a veggie guy. Um, I'm, a, I'm a, I'm a meat eater, and so it's been a bit of an adjustment uh, for my palate and also uh, my stomach. My stomach is not used to eating this many, this many vegetables. vegetables. <laughs> yeah, uh, you probably smell a lot yeah. like garlic all day long. Do you? Yeah, a lot of a lot of garlic, a lot I've, of hummus. I've been around Kyle before when he hits that garlic, and I'm just gonna tell you, it, it he can stink a room up that garlic. <laughs> it's a disaster area oh, yeah. over here. It is, uh, but the, yeah, falafel is amazing. Uh, the pita, the bread. Yeah. So I'm like, I love carbs. The, yeah. the pita bread is so unreal. Is that it's what so you're good? Is that what you're living on? Is the pita bread? That's what I'm living on. Falafel, pita bread, hummus. Just you know, or mm-hmm. I'll. I'll you know, rip off the top of the pita bread, open it up, stuff it with all the veggies and the hummus. And have you been to an American restaurant yet? Did you give in? I have not. Okay. No, I have not been to an American restaurant. Uh, only so so the way that it works on the trip is that our breakfasts and our dinners are provided at the hotel in sort of like a, a buffet style. And then lunch is like on location somewhere. So we've been to like a couple of brews, uh, or sorry, Drew's restaurants, which are like, um, so a my religious minority in Israel and, uh, interesting, fun food, you know, are you, so, eat, are you eating it though? I'm eating it all. I'm you're putting everything. it in, you're, yeah. you're praying the old, the old missionary prayer, Lord, I'm going to put it down. You keep it down. Exactly. And so far so good. I've been able to keep everything down, uh, I have been eating a significantly like more amount of fiber because of vegetables than normal. So it's, you know, okay. there's a bit of an adjustment, a bit of an adjustment, I you bet. know, but Hey, it's okay. So the sightseeing <laughs> and stuff, have you, have you, yeah. you, you met some locals, you spent some time with some locals at all? I asked, we have, we, we, we try to get out. So I, I run every morning to try and like see the non-touristy parts of the cities. And, uh, and then we go and, we find we try and find some uh, Isra- Israeli people and, and talk to them about their life. Are they hard to find and, the Israeli people there. Or? Yeah, no, actually, it's surprisingly not at okay. all. And and they're very friend, like they're extremely friendly. And uh, one thing that I've noticed, like that's kind of just like as an American, um, is just wild all the time. Is that they know multiple languages. So most people that you go up to can speak English to you, and. Uh, um, and they also speak, you know, Hebrew and Aramaic and probably another language as well. So they, yeah. they're very knowledgeable in languages. And, um, so yeah, we, some, some of them aren't as good with English, but you can pantomime your way through a conversation pretty yeah. easily. That's good. Which has been fascinating. And it makes me feel like such a loser for not knowing more than 
one, one language and not like even know that one very, German phrases and not yeah. know that <laughs> right. one that well. Um, so you're, where are you headed in the days ahead that you are most looking forward to? Yeah. Jerusalem for sure. Uh, there's a lot of, um, I mean, the old city is going to be amazing. I can't wait to see like, uh, the, the, you know, Hezekiah's tunnel and, uh, the Western wall and like all of those amazing sites in, in Jerusalem. So I'm super pumped for all of that. It's going to be exciting. Okay. I'm excited to hear all about it when you get back. You're going to... Yeah, we'll have to have another podcast introduction talking about like the conclusion of the Israel saga. Right, right. Well, we did that with with the Tommy Crates running saga. And so now now we are going to do it with the Israel. So we're just going to follow your life around, Tommy, and all your little projects. Perfect. I feel like you're next, though. I feel like you have to have a project. Yeah, I don't have any projects. I'm boring. I, I I stay in Chicago. Yeah. So if you're listening to this, mail something in. If you think Jeff should do something. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that. Just send it to conversations we'll get, we, at harvest. Yeah. In the future, we're planning to do more on location. I'm pl- I'm hoping yes. that uh, to do one in, in Hawaii. Uh, and and that'll be that'll be good. Well, we did. We did talk about doing one uh, up to Wisconsin. Do you remember yes. this? We talked about doing it. So we might you might get that, more that on location possibly, in the future. Yeah. Uh, we'll tell by our ratings. If our ratings yes, if drop this during well, this, then we will. Yeah. Just so you know, I, I, I don't even know how many people listen to our podcast, uh, and I'm not sure I care. But if you but. like and subscribe right now <laughs> on this podcast, give us a five-star <laughs> we'll rating. Know. Yeah, we'll know. We'll know that you like this type of content, the on-location stuff, and yeah. we'll do more of it. So yeah, It's good stuff. It's easy. If you like it, we'll do it. That's what we're all about, Tommy, giving the people what they want. Speaking of giving the people what they want, we are going now to uh, have a conversation with our dear friend, Lindsay Olford, and she is uh, working here at the church and has for a number of years and has a very famous family in the Christian world. So we'll talk to her about all that kind of stuff. Everybody's got a story, and Lindsay's no exception. So we'll get to it right now. Let's go. Lindsay Olford. Lindsay, what do you do at Harvest Bible Chapel? Um, I'm actually moving into a new position. Um, so who I, told you? Who, what? I, that was you. <laughs> you, <laughs> you gave me a new job. Um, well, uh, prior to literally maybe two weeks ago, I was uh, working for the creative team, comms department, particularly in content strategy. Um, and now I will be transitioning using a bit of my studies in the, well, a lot of my studies in theology and educational ministry to help, um, form and help, uh, assist our leadership development program with our inter- with internships. Yeah, you're, yeah. Basically. You use the word assist. You're in charge of, of creating an internship program I'm in charge. and it's awesome. I'm excited. No, it's going to be great. It's a great, great program. We're going to, it's going to be great. We're going to have a gaggle of little, mm-hmm. 
little no, youngins. Little know-nothings running around the church breaking things, but mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. the best kind of churches, right? Right, when right. They, when they break it and we blame them instead of us breaking <laughs> it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's really great for you to come and join me on my podcast. Um, you you are your own person, but some people might know your sister. Yes. And her name is? Stephanie Olford. Stephanie Olford, and she's the women's director mm-hmm. here at Harvest. That is right. Right. Yes. My little but, sister. But she's your little sister. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Tis right. true. So she, there were periods in your life, I'm assuming, that Stephanie was known as Lindsay's sister. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, but, I would probably say growing up in, like, I would say when I entered into, like, middle school and high school ministry, there was a season for that. Yeah. But, but we're four years apart. So by the time I transitioned out of high school into college, then I was gone, and then it was just Stephanie. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then in college, it was the same situation where yeah. it was like she was my sister. Is yeah. she your only sibling? Yes, only sibling. We have a bunch of cousins, though. Okay. So, so yeah. here's the thing. Mm-hmm. You actually come from a little bit of a blue blood evangelical Christian family. That's fair. It is. No, seriously, if somebody were to marry you, they might get one of those uh, those American Kennel Club awards or whatever. <laughs> Uh, and that would be, you know, cause they would be, especially if they were like, I don't know who else is a blue blood, uh, who, who else is a blue, like the molar kids. Oh yeah. Al Moeller's kid could marry you. <laughs> and then it would be, you guys would be king and queen of the American Christian scene. Oh my gosh. A dynasty. No? <laughs> okay. I'm, I've met your dad and your mom. They are the, some of the most delightful people around. Oh, yeah. But the reason I'm saying that is that you have a very famous grandfather when it comes to ministry. What was his name? Stephen Olford. Okay. Yeah. Why is he so well known? Uh, well, for a long period of time, he, he, he did a lot of like conferences with, um, with Billy Graham um, but he also served for a long period of time in a city church called Calvary Baptist Church in uh, New York City on the west side. Um, and uh, I think he was on staff for like maybe 18 or 22 years or something like that. Um, he stepped into that position before the church had really integrated mm. and then made a motion like, I, I want to serve here, but I do firmly believe that we should integrate this mm. church um, and not just be exclusively white. Um, he was a, a very well-known expository preacher, uh, had a radio ministry for years, and he also actually translated some of his messages into Portuguese, which yeah. he knew he had grown up on the mission field in Angola, which was a Portuguese province at the time, so when, when he was a kid. Uh, so he knew both of those languages, and so he, would, he could preach in both. Um, and then after serving in pastoral ministry for a number of years, he transitioned into doing pastoral training, just training men in how to preach and teach the word of God using exposition of God's word. Um, and yeah, did that until he passed. When when did he, uh, when did he die? Oh, wow. Oh, I was 13 at the time when he passed away. So I I remember the age. I don't remember. Did you know him well? Yes. Oh, very well. We grew up like, grew up uh, going over to his home. We called him Gaga uh, and my grandmother Nano. And um, we would have tea and he would tell us stories about growing up and he, like teaching us the word of God was such an, like an active part of like just growing up in the Olford household, whether it was like our parents or our grandparents. But 
I'm very thankful that in my life I knew him as a grandfather mm. and not just as a pastor or a public figure. In fact, in many ways, he had a very good private life with us. Yeah, um, that was helpful. Uh, I think I think it helped us to just experience him as like the person that he is and the person that he was. Um, you know. I have a couple of questions about Calvary Baptist Church. Number okay. one, they're the they're the church in um, in Manhattan that owns a a hotel. That's right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The Salisbury. And the, the I think it's the Salisbury Hotel. Yes. yes. Yeah. I have a a good friend from seminary who actually went and worked there. Oh wow. Yeah. That's amazing. And I don't know if it would have been when you're because uh, maybe it was because it would have been right around the late nineties. Maybe. Oh. So he, anyway. He. Oh yeah. Himself. So the that he transitioned away from serving there I want to say in the 70s oh wow so so like and then he he actually did that to take care of his health for a time and then began um encounter ministries which became like Olford Ministries International to you know train and equip pastors um and that actually brought them here to Chicago for a period of time before they moved to the Memphis area. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So full circle that Stephanie and I are somehow here. <laughs> is your dad a pastor too? No, actually, he, he is ordained. Um, and he actually got ordained at Calvary. Um, but he started training pastors uh, in expository preaching alongside my granddad mm. and has been doing that for the last 30 years. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Did he do any other training, your your dad? Um, he let's see, he did. He went to Wheaton for college, so he I think his undergrad was in biblical studies. He got his master's there, and then he his his PhD he got uh, in in England at somewhere somewhere yeah. And it's all the same over there. Yeah, it yeah. Just, it doesn't matter. Yeah, but yeah, no. But he, but he, he studied Greek and he got his PhD. He wrote his whole dissertation was on Romans with Paul. Oh, um, wow. so yeah, you actually should talk to him. about that. I will that. talk to him about that. That For sounds sure. right up my. Oh yeah, yeah, right yeah. Up my alley. Yeah, and then he he served at a church there for a period of time before coming to the states. But he was like in the long haul with school until moving back to the United States and meeting my mom. And falling in love. <laughs> right. So I want to actually talk a little bit about this because you actually are from British heritage. I like am. Near, nearby British. Like everybody these days yeah. should be like, wow, my great, 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 right. great, great grandfather. You're, you're actually from, mm -hmm. your dad is British. He's, he is. Yes. But I've spoken to him and he doesn't sound British to me. No. So he was born in London. So, so when my grandfather, before he jumped into the States and became a pastor at um, Calvary. He pastored at Duke Street Baptist Church in London. Mm. And this was like right after World War II. He got married uh, to an Irish woman, my grandmother, Heather. Uh, um, oh my goodness, what was her maiden name? It's okay. Doesn't matter. Heather. And then you she, don't want you that maiden name. It's probably one of the passwords on all of your stuff. It could be. It could be. So they got married. And then my dad, my uncle was born in London. And so was my dad. And then they moved in like 1956 to the United States. Yeah, so he he most of his years were spent in the US. Absolutely. Yeah. They did have accents apparently when they were very young yes. and then the New York streets beat it out of them. Yes. That's the story. Well, my son when we moved from New Zealand, he had an accent. He was uh, oh, yeah. 6 when we moved from mm -hmm. New Zealand to Canada. Daddy. Oh. Daddy. That's my son so Ethan. Cute. It's very funny. We have videos of it. Oh, that's so yeah, cute. Yeah, it's great. Um 
So where were you born? Like, what's your my my what's the Lindsay Olford story? Sorry, where where were you born in all in all of this? Your parents met mm-hmm. on the mission field. Is that what you no, said? No, no, they in just, Memphis. In where Memphis, everybody meets, we, everyone meets there. Actually, they met at basically a missions gathering as you, at, do. At, at, as you do at Central Church, which is my home church there. Um, and then they got married. I was born four years later uh, in the, one of the Baptist hospitals in <laughs> downtown Memphis. So that's your hometown. That Mem- is my Memphis, hometown. Tennessee. Yeah, the town of of the best barbecue and Elvis Presley. I, I would say have I have You've been to, to Kansas City? I, I know there's- It's pretty good. It is good. It is good. But I, I feel like I don't really discriminate against any barbecue. I also grew up with- What a, is the best barbecue in Memphis then? Okay. If it's the best barbecue anywhere, we're basically saying what's the best barbecue on the planet <laughs> that happens to be in Memphis, Tennessee. Um, okay. There, there are two places that we, we really like. I love Central's Barbecue. Okay. It's so, so good. Um, you really cannot go wrong with like their ribs or pulled pork. Or if you want to get really extra, like really American extra, their um, barbecue nachos. Pretty fabulous. And then what my family always got and catered was the commissary, which is much closer to where my mom grew up in Germantown, which is like a neighborhood outside. The commissary. The commissary. Yeah. And so it is a small little like hole in the wall restaurant Mm -hmm. where you walk in and you see like they have this. Um, kind of um, refrigerator case that has all these cakes in it. They have like this caramel cake that's amazing. They're famous. Is it better than Portillo's cake? Ooh, that's tough. Okay, so first of all, the, their caramel cake is amazing, but that chocolate cake from Portillo's is just so moist. Yeah. And yeah, I've 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 had really good caramel cake from. Um, the commissary, okay. but the chocolate cake from Portillo's is really hard to beat. Okay. Commissary <laughs> and Central Barbecue. Okay. If you're in Memphis, yeah. go to these places. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that you mentioned to me there was barbecue nachos. Yes. And that sounds like something that mm-hmm. would be worth doing. Oh, absolutely. The best barbecue place I've ever been to in my entire life. Okay. Okay. Oceanside, California, <laughs> Main Street in Oceanside, California. Oceanside is a... Uh, is a military town. Okay. Okay, so it's mm-hmm. just on the northern edge of San Diego. Yes, yeah. So Oceanside, California, that boy good. That boy good. That's what it's called, <laughs> that boy good. You're I, welcome. There's a thing they have there mm, called dirty fries. Dirty fries. Because well, they're from, the people who are there, mm. I think they're ex-military, okay. and he, the, the, uh, they're, from, they're from Louisiana. Okay. And so it, yeah. it is the most ridiculous barbecue I've ever eaten. And I've eaten a lot of barbecue. That's interesting. But I'm just going to tell you, if you're ever in Oceanside, California, mm-hmm. go to Dat Boy Good. Nice. That's really good to know. Uh, we went to a wedding in the San Diego area for my for my cousin Josh, uh, Joshua Olford out there. Uh, shout out if he hears this. Um, and it was in the San Diego, just outside the San, nice. San Diego area in like La Merida yeah. area. La and Marana. It, La Merida, thank you. And it was just so beautiful. And, you know, it's it's not the desert region that you typically see, or at least that not that I typically saw. So I was just like, oh, this is amazing. You kind of feel like you've entered into another planet when you realize like, oh, this is in the same country. I that think I've- it is La Merida. I think La Merida is in... Uh- is it? Is it That's different? where Bio is. Oh, dang it. Yeah. But anyway, we don't know what we're talking about when it comes to locations we in Southern really California. Don't. But I've been to San Diego. Yes. I have been to great, that city. Great city. It's, Go up to the north. Mm-hmm. Oceanside. That boy good. That boy good. What what all comes down to is like we're advertising for restaurants that people need to go to. Well, listen, we just 
I don't want people to walk away from the podcast feeling empty-handed. No, no. Lindsay, and today yeah. they are not going to do that. Absolutely not. So Memphis, Tennessee, mm -hmm. you grew up eating a lot of barbecue. Yes. And uh, you're four years older than your, your sister. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you guys get along when you were kids? Yes. I mean, I... I definitely was, I definitely was the roughest of the two of us in, in terms of like, I, I like, I definitely. What made you rough? I like, you know, you, you. Did you ever, you ever hit her? No, I did bite her though. Good. No. <laughs> so I, in fact, that's was exactly that like, what I was thinking was that of. recently or? No, or, no. Okay. This, okay. this was like probably the last time that happened. I was under the age of 10 and pro oh. probably like six years old or something like that. Yeah, maybe. No, maybe. Wait more. a minute. The last time it happened? Yes. So it was a repeated thing? No. You just kept biting your sister? <laughs> Charlie. <laughs> Stephanie. <laughs> no, but I, yeah, but I was also very protective of her. I wanted, I wanted her to, I, I, I wanted her to learn from my own errors. And so I would tell her what not to do, uh, in order to, you know, not, uh, get into trouble and things like so that. So were you a troublemaker? No, not really. I, I, I liked, I'm, I still am very much a people pleaser and yeah. I, and I loved, um, people getting along with me. Um, but I mean, yeah, but like any person, you know, especially any child that, you know, like is trying to like get their own way, uh, I, I think I probably like, I think I probably experienced more paddling than my sister. Did, okay. If that makes sense. Whereas she learned from watching me. Yeah. Oh, I shouldn't do that. I'm not gonna do that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I remember when she cut her hair and she ran and hid and I went on to and told on her right away. Yeah. A girl. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> As an older sister would. Yeah. Yeah. Did you go up? Did you grow up? What were your uh, pastimes or things that you really loved to do when you wow. were young? Were there, were there certain things that you were yeah, involved uh, in? Um, so probably uh, growing up, we always went to my mom's, uh, uh, our grandparents' house, my mom's parents' house, and they had a pool. And oh. so like, I have so many memories of just us hanging out with like our cousins and we be swimming for hours mm. and exploring um, what was, we called it the ditch. It was literally just like an area behind their house where all the water would like drain and like, you know, run off somewhere, but it was huge. And it Have was, you been back? Oh no. Have you been back? Cause I was, when I, I've said things like that before, mm -hmm. there's this huge pond. Then I go back and I'm like, it's, oh, like, it's, it's not, not that big. big very <laughs> I know. But when you're a little kid, you're like, this is enormous. I've thought of that. And it's like, in my head, it was huge. And I bet, I bet if I walked there now, yeah. I'd be like, oh, wow. No, I can see the edge. There's of a it. house there now. I'm sure of it. Yeah. Oh yeah. And now, and I mean, that home had so many memories for us. It was like my first climbing tree. Got, oh, yeah, yeah I, I started climbing on all surfaces just because I was small and the best way you could get up on things was by climbing. Yeah. So climbing trees, riding bikes, um, and yeah, and but uh, yeah, like we had a we had like you know those neighborhood friendships and stuff like that there, but also like our our parents really wanted us to know and explore like the world around us. So they took us like cross country on road trips. So that's probably another layer of my childhood was just like travel, okay. um, but both overseas. So and, how, where would you go? Oh, well, so we've drove, we've driven out 
like west like we've done like a number of major road trips westward to wow. california yeah um you san know, diego is san that the only place you'd go or no, you go all over uh, places we, we've done la our, our cousins live up in fresno which is like more in the valley yeah, area we try not to talk about fresno <laughs> I, Fres I, fresno people say california and the, you know, Bakersfield, Fresno mm -hmm. area, that's not what they're thinking about when they think California. No. And then they get out there and they're like, why? I get to go to Fresno or Bakersfield. And they get there and they're like, oh, okay, I shouldn't have come here. <laughs> how far is it back to, how far is it back to LA? LA? <laughs> and then they count the hours and they're like, you know what? It's worth it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No. So we, we've, we've been out there. We've been up to Wyoming a number of times to see like you know, with the Grand Tetons up in Idaho and all mm. that stuff. But we would be staying in, like, the Jackson Hole area. Um, Colorado. Was this all associated with ministry? No, uh, uh, some of these were family vacations. Okay. To see, to see them. But that was a road trip thing. Yeah, that was a road trip That's thing. That's what you guys did yeah. for family vacations. Oh, yeah, a lot of times. But we, th as you do when you're in ministry people, like, you try and tie in, like, family vacation time with trips. Yeah. Like, I think we did that... I remember going to Arizona a number of times where dad was speaking at something, but we'd spend like days and days with like the youth kids or the, the kid, the, like the, I was about to say harvest kids I was with the kids ministry, um, like out at these churches. Um, and like, yeah, we got really, we got really good at adapting to just hanging out with people from all over the place. Yeah. That's a skill though, that I've noticed that you have. Oh, thank you. To Well, no, you, you have an ability to get along with lots of people mm -hmm. and ask them questions about their life that, um, that not everybody does. You know what I mean? The, the interaction with lots of different people teaches mm. you how to kind of talk to lots of different people. Yeah. Whereas if you stay in the one same spot and mm -hmm. you tend to spend all your time with your family, you just don't ever, you don't ever really think, uh, it's not that you can't do it. It's just yeah. you never think to do it because you're like, well, I, everybody in my life I've always known. Yeah. So yeah. you feel a little bit awkward when you're talking to somebody who's brand new and very different. Right, right. It's true. Yeah. And, and I, I feel like a lot of that came not only from traveling around, we had a lot of people that just traveled to us. So, yeah. you know, we got used to sitting with somebody that was from India and Japan. So why were they, they, they were part of uh, your dad's ministry. They were mm -hmm. doing training with, right. Okay. So you, I'm assuming you had basically the world walking through your living room. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I loved, I loved that growing up. I, I we got so used to having, um, at least, uh, like one, like, uh, like one night a week while, while people were, would be staying with us, uh, where we'd have like kind of a giant family dinner. Um, and, uh, and my dad was always so like knowledgeable of like things that would be helpful to eat. Like, if, okay, we have a, a large number of guests that are coming from like, you know, North Africa. Let's make sure that we have rice as a base yeah. and then we'll figure out like our proteins and our vegetables. Let's go. Yeah. And then you'd be sitting with like, you know, you might have like to like a couple that are from Texas, but they'd be sitting by like, you know, um, a gentleman who's there from Nigeria with like his, you know, um, what would basically be the equivalent of an executive pastor, but he's kind of there as his like yeah, assistance. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or someone that he's training up. Yeah. And so they're there together, um, basically kind of sent there from their home church to receive this training and take it back yeah. and train up their guys. Um, and then you'd have like, you know, uh, 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 this, this woman from Japan who's wanting to take this back and utilize this in their women's ministry and stuff like that. So uh, many of them could speak, 
speak English. Um, these, like occasionally we would have translators there too, but most of the time they were like, um, you know, very much speaking like multiple languages. Yeah. Like they had their native language. They had like English language and maybe the language that was brought into their country, either from like, you know, somebody that colonized it or something like that. So what did that kind of experience teach you about the world and the gospel and mm. the church? And I mean, I could tell you right now, I think, well, you're a remarkably hospitable person. Oh, thank you. So I, I, I'm assuming that you probably learned some of that, <laughs> you know, by trial and error. Oh, yeah. I, I think, wow. First of all, that's a huge question. Um, I think what I think what I saw lived out amongst these men and women was their own joy for the Lord and to find camaraderie and deep community with people that were very different from them and loving being around each other because they could share what God was doing in their church or in their or in the mission field, wherever they were, mm. and to find that commonality in Jesus, you know. And we know that we have all things in common because of our Savior, but we don't often look to that, I find. Sometimes... Um, and I've, I've felt that way about American culture, um, mostly because what I saw around my dining room table were men and women that just delighted in in what they did, but it was all because they loved God. Yeah. yeah. And they wanted to celebrate what God was doing and what they were learning. Yeah. Um, and the way the way those conversations would just start with like, well, this is something that we're doing and seeing God do, you know, among our people. And whereas another person's story would be like, well, we lost a brother in the faith who went out to this one area and was killed for mm -hmm. the gospel. Um, but we rejoice because there were many who came to know who Jesus is because of that man. Mm -hmm. And like, and so you would be hearing these stories all around That's you. It's like reading the New Testament. It is. <laughs> it is. And I think what that did for us was realize like that reality is it's not just in the pages of the New Testament. It's like we are the New Testament church. We are. This is continuing yeah. on. Um, yeah. And I think it also challenged us a lot as you know, um, I think as kids to like, what does, what does boldness, what does hospitality look like? Mm -hmm. Like, um, it's very, it's very easy to get caught up in how we communicate differently or how we look different. And somehow, like, I think I owe this really to my mom and dad and how they led in this, but like, I don't think we ever got caught up in what made everybody different. It was just a celebration of, who Jesus is yeah. and, and how we can continue to make him known by like proclaiming the word of God. That's so great. Well, yeah. Yeah. So growing up in this, did you, I must've had at least some spur in your heart to think, well, maybe I want to be in ministry. Yeah. I, I think it's, I think there, there might've been a season in time in college where I was like, okay, this has been a part of my family for all of my life. Is it really what I want to do? Or is this just being passed on to me because yeah. this is what I know? Um, and that scared me a little bit because I was like, like, does that qualify me just because it's like in my family? Mm. Um, or is this something that God has for me? And I think really it was more of a realizing like, oh, I'm 
not only am I burdened for these things and I care about like the global church and seeing like ministry continue, uh, but I also enjoy it, you know, um, and it's not always easy, uh, but I think it was, it was coming to that reality was like the thing that kind of spurred me on. Um, and, and also the reminder that it's, it's a wonderful thing to be a part of your family's ministry, but also know that God has given you something that yeah. is your own. Yeah. And I, I really had to have someone speak that into my life. Um, and it's so funny. I think it happened like at a funeral service where, uh, a lovely woman who, uh, she and her husband had worked with my granddad for a long period of time doing like worship ministry stuff where she just kind of looked me in the eye and was like, you know, that God has something really es like especially for you. And I was like, I almost broke into tears. Okay. I was like, oh, thank you. Because <laughs> yeah. there's well, it's that kind of affirmation, though, especially from older saints. Oh, absolutely. You, you, you know, people live and die. I mean, they live on it sometimes. Yeah. You know what I mean, they're like, I just want somebody to affirm to them that there is a particular thing that maybe they're, mm -hmm. they're good at. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've actually gotten to the point in my life. I'm 50 years old now. And yeah. I've decided that I'm, I'm, I'm old enough now to be able to, to tell people that yeah. you probably, you know what I mean? Like you've been yeah. in ministry long enough. And when you mm -hmm. see somebody who's got an ability in it yeah, and he just seems like Lord's got his hand on their life, mm -hmm. telling them that, Hey, you know, you're really good at this. Yeah. And this particular thing I think you'd be amazing at. Yeah. Um, it's very helpful mm -hmm. for, for people. It really is. I And cause the, a lot of times we, I mean, I even found myself thinking like, you know, this is something that I love or this is something I enjoy, or this is something that I feel like, like God could be leading me into, but I don't know. Yeah, totally. You're just unsure. Yeah. Cause yeah. you realize maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm, think that I'm great. I'm the best teacher. Even in your mind, you're like, I could teach well, and everyone's no, no, but you, yeah. you can convince yourself mm -hmm. otherwise. Yeah. So where'd you go to college then? I went to Union University, which is uh -huh. just up the road from Memphis, really. It's like an hour and a half away. Was your plan to be in Tennessee no. all your days? No. no. I love my state. I know it's beautiful. And goodness knows, I've moved here and have been reminded of it constantly because people love Tennessee, apparently. Illinois, people love going down there to the Smokies and all this stuff, like the Smoky Mountains. And it's amazing. But I was never like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to be here the they're, rest of my they're life. They're hills, though, right? We're, we're agreed on the, the fact that they're hills. Yeah, they're not. They're, no, they're, it, yeah. yeah. Let's, the, I Just the word mountain is thrown around by you, you mm -hmm, folks in the... Mm -hmm in the south and east yeah. coast and it should not ever be <laughs> thrown around by any of you yeah. at all ever. oh but they are beautiful like oh, i'm sure they're beautiful oh yeah, yeah. but and there's rapids like you can go kayaking and yeah. white water yeah. rafting yeah. Yeah. but yeah. it is different from like when you look at like these like beautiful like, like mountains spiky mountains yeah. out west it's very yeah. it is different and they're they're all covered with trees yes. so it's a very different mountain experience yeah it's a very hilly hilly <laughs> uh ex experience yeah um i used i knew a guy from chattanooga oh was yeah the first person i ever in my life met uh when i was in seminary mm. from tennessee the first person i ever met yeah okay? and uh he he used to he used to have this tennessee accent mm. that made him say words a little different oh yeah so at that time there was a movie out uh, about two lions called the ghost and the darkness. Okay. And it was about these two lions that were trying to basically eat people. Great movie. Oh yeah. My dad has totally ghost talked about and this. the darkness. Okay. Yeah, ghost in the darkness. So he came back from this movie. Mm -hmm. His name's Jerry and he came back and from this movie, he's old, you know, he's an older guy. Yeah. And he came into the workplace where I was working and he said, Hey Jeff. And I, he said, 
You seen that movie Goats in the Dog Nips? <laughs> I said, the what? The Goats in the Dog Nips. Oh, wow. The, the go- I'm sorry, the goats? <laughs> yeah, the goats and the, go- and the dog nips. No, the goats and the darkness. And finally, after like five minutes, I realized, oh, the ghost and the darkness. Yes, that one. <laughs> so anyway, we got in this conversation about movies. Yeah. And about four or five minutes later, he said, you know what the best movie I, I've seen in a long time is 101 Damnations. Oh, wow. The 101 Damnations are the best. <laughs> There's a lot of damnations in that. In that. He, just <laughs> like, couldn't, he just couldn't put the L I in there for it. Dalmatians. So ever since that. Every time I've met somebody from Tennessee, I've been like, have you ever seen 101 Dead? (laughs) (laughs) But you don't talk like it. Oh, I don't. But my mom doesn't even sound like that. No, she doesn't. Yeah. And I... I, Is Memphis, though, different than Chattanooga? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Memphis is... First of all, it's a very diverse town. Like, it's like... I think it's like, you know, like maybe like within the city itself, it's like 30% Caucasian. And then at the rest, 70 something percent is like African-American. And then we have a growing like Latin American yeah. population and stuff like that. It's just, it's a diverse place. And we have a lot of people moving in and out of there just because it, it qualifies as a city. Yeah. It's not as big as Nashville, at least not now, but it is big. And even though it borders like North Mississippi and Arkansas, where you can really hear the accents, like you can, you can go, you can drive 30 minutes and all of a sudden you're hearing like those like long drawn out, you know, Southern twang that's there. Um, But like within the city limits, it's not as predominant. And my mom never really had much of an accent growing up. I totally caught a clip though of mom when she was like, saying hey to her bridal party. This was when they were getting married. Somebody uh-huh. was like filming and mom's accent was so much stronger before uh, yes. she married my dad. Yeah. And then I think in marrying dad and I think in... That's sort of sad. The Southern the, the southern accent on women is just delightful. Isn't it? Isn't it? I know. Hi, y'all. <laughs> um, so what, did you, what was your degree in? Oh, yeah. So uh, I studied, actually, uh, English creative writing. Okay, what were you wanting to do with English creative writing? I wanted to write. I wanted Stories? to- Stories? Yes. I wanted to write a novel. About? I, I, various things. I, I Give me your best idea. Pitch me oh, your best no. idea. Oh, no. I have to, like, go back to, like, a lot of really, really big- Bad no, ideas. they're good ideas. They're good um, ideas. Were aliens ever involved in it? No, no. They're total fantasy totally was though. Um I, like a lot of my stories like were very like like borderline between like Chronicles of Narnia and Alice in Wonderland where somebody oh. finds themselves entering into a space that's new and exciting okay. and exploring it. It's a lot easier to tell a story about exploring and finding a culture or a world that you haven't been into. And I, and and that was something that I personally loved and enjoyed. Like I was that girl that would go over to all the national geographic magazines that were at my grandparents' house and just read and just scour through them and just kind of pick apart different things and try and create a world out of what I had seen, what I had read about and kind of make it my own. Um, and then, Besides, besides like uh, attempted novels, I got into a lot of like short story writing, which actually ended up being a lot more realistic. Okay. And, and I felt like I'm actually a lot better at writing this. And Did you feel like you had a, had a future in that? 
do you think that you could have done? Because a lot of guys, people like that, they end up doing freelance stuff or mm-hmm. the short stories that. Yeah, I, th- my my hope was I when I graduated, I worked for like a startup, um, uh, uh, Christian publishing house, and what they really needed though was somebody to work in sales and to do social media. <laughs> right, yeah, right up my alley, and a, a, an amazing organization, and I'm really thankful for all the experience that I had. But it definitely wasn't like in writing and in communicating in the way that I enjoyed doing it, and so I found myself like. I was doing that part time and then I helped like at my home church just doing administrative stuff um, and just learning kind of just being in ministry on a ground level. But in both of those things, I was like, okay, this isn't really what I love Mm. doing. I found myself really missing like the discipleship aspect of what I had experienced at my college ministry. in, uh, when I was still in, still at university. Um, like I loved, were you working in vent? Was this startup in Memphis? It was, it was. Yeah. So yeah, after, so four years at union, um, I was a part of a really mission minded church there and was in college ministry and was leading small groups and stuff there. And then I graduated. Uh, when did you graduate from college? I graduated in, oh my gosh, 2013. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Did you, were you born, let me see, you born in 1990? Yeah. Isn't that great? I can, no, I graduated from high school in 1990. Oh, wow. I'm an old man. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> Do you know who Duran um, Duran is? Uh, yes. Golly, you millennials. I mean, I know the name Duran Duran. Do you know what it is? No, it's a person, right? No. Okay, never mind. Is it a right. song? Yeah, we're no, we're going to just leave it here. Okay. For all of you listening, Lindsay Olford does not know what Duran Duran is. So, okay. um <laughs> Look. Yes. It's a band. It's a band. Okay. It's a band from the 1980s. All right. Uh which as why I brought it up because you were born in 1990. Yeah. And yeah. that's that's awesome. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um so not 2013 and how, when did you come to, <clears throat> you were at this other job for what, four years or so? Yeah, just about. And okay, then, so in 2017, you came to Chicago. Yeah, well, t- 2016. Okay, uh, why did you come to Chicago? I was, it's funny, we were kind of talking about this just before we pressed record. Like, I felt a little stuck. Um, I was comfortable. Um, I, I was around like the community that I had known for years, like my, my home church was there. A lot of my college roommates were all living in Memphis and I'm so thankful for them and they're still amazing. Um, and many of them are still in the Memphis area. But you but wanted to get away from them as fast as you could. I wanted, no, I understand. Yeah. I, I knew, I knew that I was, honestly, I felt this fear of like, I'm getting really, really comfortable and mm-hmm. I don't feel like I'm growing. Um, that and, takes some courage, Lindsay. Thank you. Uh, I, no, I mean it. I mean, most people, if they face that question, mm. the the risk and the challenge of doing something new yeah. is so scary yeah. that they just sort of decide nesting, even though I don't love it. Mm-hmm. Nesting is the best thing for me. Yeah. <clears throat> I And I mean, the opportunity was there. But you know what, what happened? It's so funny. I had a conversation with a lady that was helping us out with food for like one of my dad's like kind of cohorts. Um, and I talked about like going to school, school and moving back. And she was like, uh, so are you the oldest child? And I'm like, I am the oldest child. I was like, oh yeah. Well, the oldest child never leaves. They always stay. And I remember that frightening me. I was like, no, that's not going to be me. Um, 
I don't want to stay. Uh, not that there is anything wrong with like my hometown or with staying. It just was sort of a, nope, nope. I don't think that's what God has for me. Huh. I don't, I don't think that's what I want for me either. And if God doesn't want that for me and I don't want that for me, I think it's time to look and see what comes next. And what I had been praying about and what I like kind of talked about with my dad, um, whose wisdom I really trusted was like, what if I just went back to school? Like, what if I just went to seminary and, and kind of figured out what God has for me in terms mm. of ministry? I want to do that outside of Tennessee because I've lived here all my life. Um, and so I wanted to see what that would look like in a bigger urban setting. Um, my With my dad being from New York, I had always loved that city mm. and, and, and honestly really considered going out there. But the cost of living is incredibly high. But I, we have one of my first cousins, uh, Kevin, moved out here a number, number of years ago. Uh, and he works in the area as a civil engineer. And so we just started like looking at schools that were here in, in, quite a few. in Chicago, which there's a number. Um, and one day I was, I was actually touring Moody and the former president of Union University who had just come on at Trinity Evangelical Divinity School as the president of that school, hmm. uh, but he had known me at Union, saw like a post and basically contacted my mom and, said, and was like, hey, like I want her to come and tour Ted's and I want to talk to her about like checking out the school. And so that led to a conversation. Well, when the president contacts yeah. you. Yeah, I've definitely felt like, oh, okay. I definitely, No, uh, I'm not coming. <laughs> Yeah, you, you of course you're going to go up and do yeah. it. And, and Ted's is a great, great it school, is, and yeah. so you, mm -hmm. so it took, and you were there, and you chose to do a master of divinity degree. No, uh, actually, master's in theological studies. Oh, sorry. So not the full MDiv, and part of the reason for that was I wanted to get the degree and also get it done like <laughs> yeah. pretty quick. Yeah. Um, and I also wanted the flexibility of kind of building it out the way I wanted to. I was able to add on like educational ministry, which was. Like as I, I found like the, I loved the professors so much. They like, they, they were able to make things so very practical of like, yeah. okay, let's take these theological concepts and how do we bring them down, yeah. you know, to a level where we can implement them in church ministry or in a school ministry context yeah. and stuff like that. So, when did you come at Harvest then? Um, it would have been that fall. So I think I became a member at Harvest in like November of 2016. What drew you to Harvest Bible Chapel? Jennifer Van Winkle, my roommate and close friend. You'd be surprised at how often I hear that answer. Oh, absolutely. She's an, an amazing woman of God. And uh, she was at TED's at the time. She was getting her full master's in educational ministry. And we met the day that I was meeting with my advisor, she literally like waved it, like came through the door and waved and, and Dr. Kang was like, no, 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 you guys need to meet. You guys need to connect, uh, today. And so we did. Um, and, and also my cousin Kevin and his wife were, were attending the Meadows campus. And so I knew of Harvest and then, uh, Jen was attending the North shore campus. Okay. And so, which is very close to, yeah, to the, yeah, yeah. Where the, where our, our seminary is. And so, through that got connected to like small group there started serving with like, you know, holding babies and like harvest kids and, you know, attending that campus there and then popping down to meadows for like a Saturday night service. So yeah, really since 2016, I've been a member of harvest. Are you Bible surprised Chapel. that you work at harvest Bible chapel? Yeah, actually. Cause I didn't, I didn't know like what there was no plan. My plan was to, 
get my degree and see what God had, like whether or not that was like staying here in Chicago, um, whether that meant doing like city ministry or whether that was like going overseas. It was just kind of uh, like, I'm open to whatever, you know? So Lindsay, I'm going to pause there because I Mm -hmm. want to tell you that I was just telling you beforehand yeah, yeah. This, this very thing that I think that that is one of the best attitudes that any young Christian can possibly have is that we tend to want to have everything laid out in front of us. Mm. We want to know exactly how it's going to go. And the truth is following Jesus is not like that. That's true. Usually it is a step-by-step uh, step God is like, just do this thing, right? This thing, yeah. this next thing. Yeah. <laughs> and, you're like, yeah, but what, what after now nah, you're just do this thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. The thing that's in front of you right now. And, 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 you know, if you're interested in something else, just research it or whatever, but yeah, do the thing mm. that's in front of you right now. And eventually mm. you find yourself in places you never thought that yeah. you'd be, that were very different than what you considered. Planned, yeah. And yet also delightfully different mm-hmm. than what you planned, you know, yeah. in, in the long run, you look back to it and it's, I, I just wish, I wish more Christians would approach not just their, their Christian life mm. and their, I don't know, their, their, their work yeah. and everything with that kind of attitude that look, yeah. it, it's very, it's very possible. The Lord might want me involved in something different than this and, mm-hmm. and eventually, but right now he's got this. Yeah. So I'm going to do it. I'm going to do the best I can with it and then mm-hmm. eventually see where it leads. And yeah. it has led you. Yeah. To, to talking to me on a podcast. This is very true. Yeah, it's, it's like the <laughs> pinnacle of the whole of the whole thing. What do you what do you like about Harvest oh. and working here? And what don't you like about Harvest? <laughs> here? Oh wow! I think what what I love is I feel like we're in a season where there's like all these little green sprouts just coming up from the ground yeah. um, after a you know a long season of of you know. I guess what we can say change, um, and, uh, and restructuring, but I don't know, it's exciting to kind of see these things like popping up from the ground and they're fresh. And, um, I find a lot of, I find a lot of joy in seeing people who are honestly like a lot of, a lot of young adults that are returning to church community because they know how essential it is in their Mm -hmm. lives and they need it. And they're really passionate about it. And then, and yeah, I don't know. There's such a joy in seeing that, like that community growing and, um, and, and desiring like genuine connection, um, and growth and accountability. Uh, I, I also just, I also really love the people that we're working with. Like I've, I've been so very thankful for like Sherry and Sherry John Smith. Smith. She, she, she's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Sherry Smith is, uh, my supervisor. She's the director of communications, um, and an incredible woman. Um, like her character is just well, as well as how well she has cared and does care for our team. I mean, yeah, I'm just, I'm just so thankful. Um, and also like they, like she and, uh, pastor John have been through like so much ministry experience and yet, but they're always constantly learning and adapting. And I love that. Uh, and I don't know, it's just something that I'm very thankful for and desire to emulate in my own life is just like, you know, never get too stuck in like one way of doing things. Like let's, let's be creative and, and, and try, you know, something, you know, um, so yeah, I'm thankful for the people that I've been able to work alongside and yeah. I've been thankful for the, these like exciting young people, um, 
You don't have to answer my other question if you don't want to. <laughs> no, it's okay. What would you fix? Oh, would I, 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 we've, we've talked about this. I probably would, would hope to encourage people to not be afraid. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably what I would want to say. Yeah. yeah. Just, let's just not be afraid. It's like God's got us. So yeah, yeah. it's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm very thankful that you've sat down and talked with me, Lindsay. Thank you. Yeah. It's for having a, me. It's a, been an absolute delight. And um, I'm looking forward to all the great things that the Lord's going to use you to do here in the coming days. Thank Um, you. Yeah. I mean, no pressure. It's kind of all on your shoulders, but don't don't worry too much about it. (laughs) I won't. I'm kidding. It's not on your shoulders. It's on the Lord's shoulders. (laughs) It is. (laughs) He's got this. I always think that to myself. People say, well, you know, what's it like to stand up and preach in front of everybody? The Lord could use a rock. This is very true. So so Mm -hmm. he's the donkey. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, I'm a little better than the donkey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyways, great to great to see you. Yeah. And for the rest of you, uh, we will catch you next time.